I've got to correct Scopus and then it'll get to 21. You're obsessed, man. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see when science takes down its Christmas decorations. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Cameron Shearer. Hey. Christopher T. Bear Gibson. Good results, BA. Good results, Schmoopy and Rachel. And <laughs> special guest, Dr. Rachel Sparks. Hello. Hey. 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 Who would have what a surprise. I Thanks, had to say hello to her. I couldn't leave her out. Wait till the end, you weirdo, like everyone else. Yeah. All right, what an argumentative start. Welcome, Rachel. Sorry. Thank you. This is how we are sometimes. This is how we are. There's friction. Yes. Um, okay. When do you take down your Christmas decorations? 6th of January. God, that is Whoa. very, very precise. Why? Why? Because I was brought up Catholic. Yeah, the, the, if you oh, don't take them down before and a certain time, then the devil gets you. That's the day <laughs> the three kings arrived um, on the 6th of January. They brought gold, frankincense and myrrh. Yeah. What's right? myrrh? Huh? What's myrrh? It's a fragrance, I think. Okay, very mm. good. Is it a bomb? Um, Cameron, I imagine you also have a date because you're organised. Not as specific as that. <laughs> right. Uh, sometime after New Year's. I reckon maybe the first weekend after New Year's. Okay, Chris. So the question was, when does science take no, down? No, I want to know when you first. Listen to my voice oh. and the words I'm saying. You two have this conversation every single week. Every week. <laughs> like, things are said and I just don't pay attention. Anyway, so me, I don't know. I don't take them down and I don't put them up. So God. it's really up to everyone else in the house. I have. We had a Christmas tree once when I was um, in my 20s that was up for a, till about June. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, it got to a point where I was like, "Is there any point really bringing it down?" Yeah, because, like we're only six months away from the next Christmas. So Agreed. Let's just leave it. But so, why did you take it down then? I don't know. You'd have to ask my mate who did it. It was just got, it was just yeah. down one day, and that was it. Oh, you had a Christmas tree in a, in a share house. In a share house, yeah. That's oh, really yeah. nice. It was well a done. tiny little one. It was only about three feet tall. In my house, mm-hmm. now that I have a house, now I'm a real person with a real house. You sure are. Thank you. Um, <laughs> We get a real Christmas tree. Oh, and to go with your real house. To go with my real house and my real life. <laughs> real <laughs> as in it's not plastic. As in it's not plastic. Yeah, like it, well, I say it grows. It doesn't, you cut it down, you watch it slowly die, like your hopes and dreams for the year. But yes. oh, very good. You, it's kind of a nice symbol. Uh, um, one year we forgot to take it down until, I don't know, three weeks afterwards. And then loads of little tiny uh, praying mantis. Praying mantis? Whoa. What's the plural? Praying mantises. Praying mantises. You don't even know that. (laughs) Um, That sounds good though. Yeah. Yeah. So they came out and we got home and I had to use the sucky tube to get them all. They were all in the corner. Sorry, the vacuum. Vacuum. (laughs) (laughs) Not the thing I I used to. I don't even know what device you had to use to get rid of the praying mantises. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah, there were thousands (laughs) everywhere, all over the house. So now I've learned and I don't let the tree get crispy. Okay. Okay. All right, Rachel, what would science do? I think science would go for the sixth as well to prove that it's friends with religion. Oh, <laughs> oh is it oh. friends with religion? <laughs> That's there bold. we go. That's bold. 
That is bold, Cameron. So we we normally take the opposite approach to that, but, I, <laughs> but I we welcome like other viewpoints. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm making myself sound really religious. I'm not. I just put it out there. <laughs> just my upbringing. Everyone's on edge. Why, now, you, okay? covered, why are you covered in crosses, Reggie? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that hat with a cross on it. <laughs> and the Reggie beads. <laughs> uh, all right. I, so. I'm so hosting. I, sorry, I keep forgetting this is nominally Andy's podcast. <laughs> it's my podcast. Listen up. Sorry. All right. I, I believe that science will take it down midnight Christmas night because it's not Christmas anymore. Why bother having that tree there anymore? It just gets in the way. Yep. Good. Okay. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Well, my response is going to be somewhat predictable. Science doesn't believe in God, so <sighs> there's no Christmas tree to start with. Uh, yeah, but Nothing it, to take down, nothing to put up. But science- Nothing to put up, nothing to take down. But science likes people and it's doing it for people. It's doing it for its kids. It's doing it for the people that come over its house. Science is like, wake up, human race. Get rid of all that religion stuff and worship me. Not not me like Chris Gibson, but worship science. <laughs> that was said, That's what you really mean. Really yeah. <laughs> that was said far too easily. Read between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rachel. So what we normally do is we've got an academic intro. And because you're an academic, this is much easier to do because I just went on LinkedIn. Right. So Dr. Rachel Sparks has a PhD in physics from Lancaster University in the UK. Mm. Following completion of her PhD, Rachel went on to manage the Centre for Nanoscale Science and Technology at Flinders University, where she met the best researchers she has ever met. Who? Cameron. Me. Andy. You. She is currently <laughs> and most of all me. She, she, has, she, she has carried out postdoctoral roles at Tomsk State University, brackets Russia, Ooh. and University of Nice Sophia Antipolis. Is that how you say it? Antipolis. Antipolis. In France? Brackets, France. Okay. <laughs> Utilizing her expertise in the areas of molecular electronics and astrophysics. In her broad array of roles across the globe, she has managed and written grants from small travel grants up to multi-million dollar collaborative programs, brackets, both industry and academia. And a career highlight comes to fruition today because you have featured on Peepop. Well done, Rachel. Congratulations. Congratulations. And that's a major achievement. All right. Time to ask you questions. Why move around so much why does your little intro your little thing need like brackets country for science <laughs> yeah um, my husband got jobs in various places uh, as a postdoc that tends to be we just move where the work is yeah, yeah. um and i just went with the flow and why did you feel like you had to put them in brackets uh because the universities don't necessarily indicate yeah look i i think it's for people <laughs> like chris they're like oh i I learned where Tomsk, Tomsk is, is in yeah. Russia. Yeah. Well done, Chris. Yeah. You weren't listening for a while, were you? And yeah, so, that, so what I wanted to ask was, let me, uh, can I just, I'll just dive in. You just in. go for it, mate. Go on. He does so this a lot. Of okay. the places you've lived, <laughs> yeah. now obviously Adelaide you love the most. Yeah. That's a given. Mm-hmm. Lots of reasons why, lovely climate, us, mainly me, working <laughs> with me, not you guys. Um, apart from Adelaide, what other place did you enjoy the most? Because you've lived lots of places. Um, I think because of the research environment and the area that we're in now, so at Stanford University. Oh, <laughs> I've heard of that place before. That's nearly as famous as Cambridge. Does that one need brackets? Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> people know where that is, yeah. But, That's real um, fancy. It's making me like a bit embarrassed. 
Where's your best one? Swansea. Okay. <laughs> Swansea's That's the best. Bad. Yeah, exactly. What That's why we're in Newcastle, Australia. Brackets, the UK. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wales, in fact. Everywhere else is brackets Australia. And you didn't mention, or maybe it's not on the, the Stanford webpage, but Rachel, what? you you said at the talk you gave at Flinders the other week that you were working at Manchester, brackets oh, the UK, yeah. for a little while as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was... I don't want to say a mistake. Oh, um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I took a short-term position at BPI CAM um, at the University of Manchester. So that was kind of a straight into industry for a little while. Mm-hmm. I like um, the way you say strayed. Yeah. I, I thought it was the right thing to do at the time, but um, it wasn't for me. All okay. right. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Point. Fair enough. Yeah. What has been your career transitions? Because uh, you're in a you're not in a researching academic role at the moment. Is no, that right? not anymore. No. So how did you get to where you are? Um, a mixture of doing research and, uh, well, now I'm the grant writer and editor for uh, the School of Engineering at Stanford. So Where? At Stanford. Oh, yeah, very, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, near, that's near Silicon Valley. Well done. Yeah, it's in Silicon Valley. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Wrong, get out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I've been in, in and out of academia. So um, I knew after my PhD, I didn't want to be an academic yeah. so then I took on more of a management role um a few more exciting things that I mm. thought were exciting um kind of still being involved in the science but not actually having to do it um but then I went back to do postdocs because they were the, the easiest things to do like living in Russia in France um you can't do other roles unless you're fluent in the languages oh, yeah. um, mm, right of course and that's kind of a downfall for me yeah um, I don't think there's that many People who are fluent in Russian outside of Russia. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, no. anyone? Uh, <laughs> people in the Ukraine? Net. 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 Das Vidanya. Da. Oh, give her. Is that all you know? Perestroika. He's been watching, he watches movies and the Russians were the bad guys. All of Chris's childhood. Gorbachev, Yeltsin, Putin. So uh, you have worked with lots of academics, obviously. Yes, and who's the worst? And for oh, wait, wait, we, we can't go there, but we will talk we about academics in general. So Ooh. you have, when you were running the Nano Center, the Flinders mm-hmm. Nano Center, yep. you had to work with a lot of academics. Yep. And I, looking, looking at your job from the outside, it always seemed really quite difficult. Yes. Well, it has, working with academics has been likened to herding cats. Yes, definitely. I agree with Okay, that. good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> How did you manage to get them to do anything? <laughs> and and sub-question. Sub-question. What challenges are unique, do you think, to dealing with academics? Ooh. Because um, it seemed, it seemed tough at times. You're back to answer this question. Yeah, I am. So I, think to, <laughs> <laughs> I think to get them to do anything, I think you need, you need their respect. Mm-hmm. So I think that it can take time for them to realize your worth. So often with jobs where I'm not in an academic role, I have to kind of do something to prove myself or Mm -hmm. make it known that I am actually good at my job. And so therefore they should work with me, not against me. Um, And should want to work with me. Uh, What was the sub question? (laughs) (laughs) What challenges are unique to Uh. dealing with academics? What is it about them that's a little different to perhaps other people? Oh, um, eccentricity. Mm. quite often um I don't think this is unique but quite often you can come across egos and egos that clash so if you're working with a collaborative group it can be quite difficult to get certain people to work together yeah um and then I guess for my position because quite often they don't see me as an equal 
it's the talking down and the, uh, you know, getting them to respect my role. Yeah. And I always thought academia is a weird thing because each of them, each academic wants to get something for themselves. Yeah. So when they have to collaborate with other people, that always seemed that would be challenging because then they have to give a little bit, yeah. but they always want something back in return. I mean, that's normal for anyone, but that always seemed pretty challenging to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I agree. So would you rather um, lead a meeting? So, um, so you had meetings with the research leaders at Flinders in your mm-hmm. role as the... Uh, executive officer. Yeah. You also had meetings with us. I, yeah, I don't think Chris ever came, but no, you, Chris was invited. There was a, a research staff, so postdocs. We had meetings, and you were trying to get us to do things. Yeah. And then I'm sure you must have had meetings with PhD students and honors students at mm-hmm. times to get them to do things. Yeah. Which meetings did you look forward to the least? <laughs> 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 so which group? I mean, we every person's punching up and punching down or punching sideways, but not looking at themselves. Yeah. Oh, that's tricky. Um, I think I wouldn't say I didn't look forward to it, but I think the more challenging ones were with the higher, um, okay. the highest level academics, yeah. and it, that's just I don't know. I guess it's maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. I think maybe like with you guys, you're on, more on a level and it felt more, it could be more social and laid back. Whereas the things on the higher echelons are a bit more intense sometimes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So on Twitter at the moment, mm-hmm. I see that your name pops up yep. and we talked about it briefly with um, before recording, but the Stanford bubble, the sta- mm-hmm. being associated with Stanford, like, I was saying it doesn't detract from the fact that you've got a great message and you want to talk, but it, it makes it a little bit easier potentially to get invitations to talk because people know Stanford. So are you leveraging that at the moment? Is that something that you you use? Because I would. I mean, Chris uses it with yep. Cambridge. <laughs> Poop that one out as well. Yeah, is that something you're, you're purposely using? Um, I wouldn't say purposely, but it does help. So... Um, like while I've been in Adelaide, I've had uh, a few talks and I've met some quite high up people who I don't yeah. necessarily think I would have met if I wasn't at Stanford. Mm. Um, and the same is going to happen next year when we go to the UK. Um, yeah. I think the Stanford name will definitely get me some talks and some opportunities there as well. So. Bit of advice, buy yourself like a jacket or something with Stanford on the back. Well, they sell everything with Stanford yeah. on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's like a whole shop on the campus. Get a whole wardrobe it's and ridiculous. accidentally wear it yeah, wherever you accidentally. go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it just that tourists come and buy that stuff? Does no, it dilute no, no, no. it? No, everyone who is at Stanford, because there's a lot of sports culture there. So uh, if you go to the games, actually everyone is wearing red and everyone's wearing the actual Stanford thing. So they yeah. must make a lot of their money through the merchandise. Mm. I'd have to say what I'm saying is not the beliefs of Stanford. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know many of this is true. You so haven't I'll seen the stats. Disclaimer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> So not only are you a scientist, grant writer, herder of cats, herder of cats, <laughs> herder of kittens, herder of dogs, herder of puppies. Yep. Uh, you're also a, a singer, and you've sung you've sung in front of people yes. uh, before. Yes. What's more nervous, singing in front of a crowd of a hundred people, or giving a talk, a scientific or otherwise talk to a hundred people? I would say the scientific talk is the more scary. Singing, wow. singing is wow. easy. Yeah. Something I've always. Done. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, well, I guess you're a singer. Yeah. Which means that it's something you enjoy. Exactly. You go out. Yeah. yeah okay. I and no it. one's going to yeah. challenge me well, unless I get heckled, but that's not happening. So <laughs> but I think like even given the talks that I give now, which are a bit more um, kind of 
alternative careers for academics and about grant writing and workshops they're quite straightforward and I find those easy but the scientific talks I think when mm -hmm. someone wants to challenge you in the audience and mm. that's a lot more difficult for me anyway mm -hmm. I think some people enjoy that but yeah. yeah but you're but then you're nervous kind of about the reaction but I guess that's what you're nervous for anyway isn't it whenever yeah. you're nervous for a talk mm. yeah. yeah I don't know I, I just don't even think about it not um, me. I just plow on through. Say, fill the void with words and leave. That's all you need to do. <laughs> oh, what's this coming out of my ear? It's, oh, oh God, it's so long. And it's, oh, what does it taste like? It news from the week. <laughs> they're getting better, aren't they? No, no. They're getting well. You're making good. me <laughs> sick. Much, much they're, well, they're really <laughs> getting good. Um, all right, I'm going to go first. Uh, news from Andy. We're on the rundown. For the end of the year. We're recording this yep. um, week before Christmas. December or, 20. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Four yeah. days to, five days to the big day. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Um, yeah. And so today I did my first official recording for Australia's Science Channel, which is excellent. I felt like an absolute superstar. Yep. I had people giving me directions, doing the lights, being like, give me a little bit more on that. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. And just pretend I know what I'm doing. So yeah, I felt like an absolute makeup? superstar. No makeup, but oh. I did say, "How about my shiny head?" And he yeah. said, <laughs> "He said, yeah." yeah. How was it? He, meant, he said, "Yeah, shiny." He said, yeah, yeah, sure is. Really, yeah. really shiny. Yeah. He's yeah. Gone, really yeah. shiny. Good for you, Andy. Good yeah, for you. good shininess. Yeah. yeah. So um, that video should be coming out in the new year. I'm really looking forward to it. And also, uh, been writing articles. And then Pocket Conference is going, 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 going. Get that. So get that conference in your pocket, people. Get yeah. the conf. Is that a conference in your pocket? Pocket, are you just pleased to see me? Bit of both. Thank you, Gibbo. <laughs> yeah. News from the week, Rachel. What have you been up to? You've been everywhere. Yeah, I'm in Adelaide. That's my news. <laughs> <laughs> Giving talks home. on podcasts. Yeah. Going to parties, barbecues. Yeah. Singing karaoke. Singing yeah. karaoke, <laughs> drinking. Good. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. How often do you get to travel in your current position? Um, not as much as I used to. Yeah. I mean, mm. I've been to a couple of conferences within the States so far. Mm hmm um, but it's predominantly at Stamford. Well, <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> well, how else could she say it? <laughs> I just, no, I just, just feel <laughs> paranoid every time I get to see it. Yes. You do understand now that every time you say it, I will go, woo. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, well, every Good. time I say Cambry, you put the fart noise over the top. Yeah, so. yeah. it's bloody brilliant. Yeah, lucky you get, yeah. Well, That's I'm so great. pleased you're in Adelaide and Peepop is better for it. Absolutely. Mm. Cameroon. So, I mean, we last had the recorded a podcast last Wednesday. We so did. It's only been one week, so not much news. But I've I and Gibbo here have had three Christmas lunches. Yeah, that is newsworthy. <laughs> three, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is that the kind of three Christmas lunches all all organised through the university? Um, is that the type of hardworking thing that you see at Stanford? Uh, yeah, actually. no, we have a lot of social events. Oh, okay, yeah. good. It's all about networking. Yeah, so, well, yeah. yeah um, networking, uh, yelling at uh, people while I beat them at cricket. Does that? Oh, oh what yeah. a dickhead! Oh. I reckon you. Lo I remember oh. that last year with your stance. Your stance annoyed me. Everyone else would get up to the cricket pitch, whatever it's called, and be like, be like, just normal, like. But what? you with had, a smile on their face. No, no, they were just stood there. and They're just like ready to play, but not yeah. like a loser like you. When you got up, you were like tapping, like tapping. <laughs> And like you're in stance mode. <laughs> That's how you play cricket. Well, I think it's lame anyway. <laughs> no, so anyway, did you uh, win? Um, no, I think some other people beat me actually. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I bowled one ball to Christopher T. Bag Gibson. 
out. <laughs> oh, oh like, yeah. No. All right. Okay. I, for a pigeon, there was there was. It's a duck, uh, <laughs> and I wasn't a duck because I'd been smashing the ball around loads before. Yeah, then. everyone else. But what not happened me. was the sun got in my eye, right. and then some yeah. dirt. And then I got sick because of uh, botulism (laughs) and then um, I broke my arm and and that's the only way I got out. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so that that day Cameron did have a couple of little wins on me but then the last time we played cricket, Cameron was rubbish. You dropped about, what, 20 catches? I got you out three or four times. It was brilliant. Absolutely. You loved it, Andy. You absolutely loved it. I would have loved being on the side. Well, you got me out twice because I hit the ball on the roof twice. Yeah, six and out. Six and out. Everyone knows that's a rule. Everyone knows that's a rule and that's my wicket. Is it? Well Are these done. Aussie rules? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, six rule. and out. If you hit the ball outside of the backyard or it's oh, you're out. Okay. You've got to show oh, control. You oh. You've got to show control. No, it's not just six. Also, this is another great British takeover of, of P-pop. Yeah. Can I just point out? Yeah, and at the moment the ashes are going on. Have we won yet? No, we beat you. We flogged <laughs> you three nil. We're going for a clean sweep. You're <laughs> over. It's done. Yeah. Oh what? Yeah, I thought, I thought we the won. Way, there's only two of you. Yeah, here. I was really hoping that wasn't going to get. Oh, I, I thought we won. <laughs> no, this isn't a takeover. There's only two of you, by the way. But you just win by being the best at it, and we're the best at it. No, <laughs> you know. no, you win by winning, <laughs> not by being rubbish. Fine. Ugh. There you go. Well, so now I'm not guilty about my three Christmas lunches for the last. For the last time. No, nope, no. Nope. And now, uh, Rachel, this is also my last week at the moment at Flinders University. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to a new place. Now, I've seen Andy have a couple last weeks or last months. And he basically <laughs> just puts it into neutral and coasts yeah. for as long oh, as possible. That is so mm-hmm. good. Actually, I managed a year at Flinders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, wow, this contract's coming to an end in a year. Hmm. And the great thing is about any job is get a reputation early on as being a hard worker and you can do whatever you want for the rest of the time. So I remember once Dave Lewis coming to me and being like, he was like, you should go home. And I was like, why? What have I done? He's like, no, you're working hard. And I was like, yeah, but later did he know I wasn't. <laughs> he does now. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he listens to the podcast. Uh, yeah. So anyway, coasting. So I've been trying not to coast. Come I've been on, giving mate. myself a lot to do. Now I've got so much to do mm-hmm. that I'm going to struggled to finish before the end of the week now i've this is my second time changing jobs uh you've done it a few times (laughs) uh do you have any tips from for me or for our listeners on on how to do the perfect last week or last fortnight i think um when i left flinders my last day was tedx flinders oh really so that That was chaotic that That was the last day that was my last day so that was chaos and i was just and then we went to the pub afterwards and got really hammered yeah yeah we did dancing i did some break dancing (laughs) yeah and you (laughs) spoke too yeah yeah Yeah, i I did did the tedx thing but the the highlight of the night was when i came back from the bar and gibbo was spinning (laughs) on the floor of this really disgusting bar (laughs) the tonsley hotel (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. it was just like the floor was sticky it was that sort of place and gibbo's just like rolling around in it well that done. was a backspin i was i was doing my hip-hop when i you used were. to okay. when i used to rap with my posse back in Lismore. good yeah. good job for using posse yeah <laughs> all right so having a conference that you're the main organizer on the last day is a no, no? Yeah. all right yeah. and no, then, no. i think when i've left my two postdocs no i'm not the person when i left my two postdocs i'm still writing papers for those and um, um, okay. so that's oh, over wow. a year yeah, ago. yeah. So you're also, you, you kind of just give yourself more and more to do until the very yeah, end Yeah, I think as well. so. I think that just tends to be how it goes. And yeah. when I left BP, I was still working for a month um, 
over in the states yeah to finish and work for them as well yeah so so anyway so i i made the decision yesterday to, to stop doing things and now i'm good i think Coast. i might have my uh, area packed up by friday well, <laughs> but i'll still have lots of papers and more experiments to do but i'll just do that uh during the fellowship yeah and don't forget we're going to the tavern for lunch tomorrow Another Christmas lunch. Yeah, another Christmas lunch. <laughs> Number four. Oh, you're invited. Chalk star, chocorama. And Rachel, come along if you want. Oh, thank you. I've, I've got plans. Andy? No, um, thanks. No, thanks. Yeah. No, thanks. So, no, thanks. <laughs> That's all I want to talk about. So, uh, Gibbo, it's time for you to oh, waste hey, time. Did you have a question? Oh, no, it was more that um, there was a comment made at the barbecue that you're not a real postdoc unless you're working, you're sleeping less than five hours. Oh, and yeah. And what did you think of that? Oh, <laughs> Well, that yeah. was quite interesting. Yes, uh, uh, I was given some advice because I said I was doing a fellowship next mm-hmm. year, and he said, "Oh, you're going to have a tough time of it." What did he? They, the suggestion was you do experiments in the morning, you analyze your results in the afternoon, and then you write in the evening. Uh, so you're working from seven a.m. to one a. to one a.m. This yeah. was this was an academic said yes. this. Yeah, yeah, a very good academic, a very successful one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh and my, my response God. is, uh, if that's what I have to do, then I don't want to have that job. Yeah. yeah. What horrible message to send to someone like you. <laughs> yeah, to kind of suggest that that's, that's like the, the, uh, almost the minimum yeah. to do. Yeah, well. that's like the what thing. You should be doing. Scientists, whenever they hear something good's happened to someone, they've got to say something negative about <laughs> it. They just have to. Yeah. They just have to. Yeah. But there is a chance that this person does work that many yeah. hours. So yeah. it's not like... They were coming from a bad place, but mm. uh, maybe I don't want to be like them. Yeah. And, and that's mm. fine. I that think. is fine. <laughs> Isn't that it? Is fine. Absolutely, Schmoopy. Good on you. Why well are you not on. writing yeah. right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, but maybe I'm so clever, I don't need to to spend that long to achieve the same amount. There is that. Very, it's quality, Schmoopy. It's quality. Anyway, I'm zoning out now, so let's get to my news. <laughs> oh, you're not even going to finish your, your compliment. <laughs> just, just straight into news. God, you've really Spend relaxed on this podcast, haven't you? <laughs> you don't even hide it behind a, a, a veil. It's, 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 we're nearly up to two years now. Yeah, yeah and I'm yeah, yeah. just... Smoopy, 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 whatever. Me. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in a really comfortable zone. You, you are. are. <laughs> oh, you guys haven't reached that yet, have you? Anyway, back to me. Big news. Big, big news. I cannot wait. And I know you can see it because I've got type 16 font. <laughs> yeah, get I on forgot with it. my glasses. I'm not even, even going to bring that up today. All right, okay. Paper accepted in the journal RSC Advances. Oh, did you? Thank you. Well, yep. well done. Impact factor 3.108, using polysulfides to capture rust from water. Ah, Very good. Yeah, this, is, this is a paper is it, with is a it, guy we've mentioned a lot, Justin Chalker. Hero of the show. Oh. Hero, Hero of the, of the show. show, a.k.a. Chalky, Chalkster, Chalkorama, Chalkenstein, Calcium Carbonate, Limestone, or the even lesser known, Citrus Rock. Well done. Nice. Mm. I, I do like Calcium Carbonate. Yeah, that's I like favorite. Citrus Rock because <laughs> that's brilliant. But I don't, no. Lime, limestone is made of Calcium Carbonate. Yeah. And he's Chalky and Citrus, Lime, Citrus, Stone Rock, Citrus Rock. Come on. <laughs> Why am I getting blank stares and not hours yeah, of okay. approval? No, I, I think we preferred Chalky. All right, okay. Uh, so Chalkenstein? Was that one of them? Chalkenstein. Yeah, Jesus Christ. That's a stretch. That means numbers of papers so far for me is 66. Ooh. To get to my goal of 80 by the end of next year, just just, uh, just 14 to go. Just, just 14. 14 to go. So that's, that's how many uh, I did this year. So There you go. Yeah. If yeah. you can do it, then... 
Most likely I will. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. So, look, the year's not over yet. Nope. It's not done. We've, nope. we've already awarded the P-Pop Most Relevant Scientist yeah, the year two episodes ago. Things have changed. Things have changed. Well, actually, you two were exactly equal last last. Oh, here we are. The only reason he's brought it up because he's winning. No, things have changed. The the, the Cameron Shearer Rubbish Science Competition has changed. P-pop most relevant scientists of the year competition. So, as I read it, it's me, 2.85. Yeah. BA, 2.69. Ooh. You lose. Dolce Ombre, 3.29. Shmoopy. Me? You jumped up quite a bit. 3.92. 3.92. Okay. Ooh. Impressive. How bad? Impressive. Yep. I've already seen the next two. Robert, four. Renee Gorham, 5.15. Yeah. yeah. Well done, well. Renee. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Very well good. Done. So uh, that's the Cameron Shearer Rubbish Science Competition for 2017. No, we've already actually created yeah, it two weeks ago. That's it. That was that was a pointless segment. <laughs> you, you, you won't edit that bit out though, will you? Probably. Oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> Boom! I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for topic of the day. Topic of the day. So topic for the day because we've got an expert here, Chris. Not you, Cameron. Huh? Not you. What? I, I'm a contractor on a grant. Contractor. Not you. We've got an expert <laughs> grant writer, and I tell you what. What do expert grant writers help with? Grant writing. writing. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So Rachel, Maybe, anyway. doing the garden. Yeah. Well, that's what I think you do anyway. Driving a car. Yeah. Is it? Um, Driving and I, a car. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that grant writing is, to most academics, kind of a bit of a black art. I don't think I've ever really been shown how to do it. Yeah. I've only been told what I've written is wrong. Yeah, that's not really good practice, is no. it? No. <laughs> so maybe you can maybe you can let us or help let's, us out. What, let's not put too you... much pressure on Rachel, but Rachel, tell us exactly how to write a grant <laughs> that is one hundred percent successful. I, I think that people do need a bit more help with these things because people researchers just assume that because they're good at science, they're going to be good at writing it, oh, and that's yeah. not necessarily the case. Or mm. that's what I've found. Mm. Um, and I think that writing a grant is very different to writing a paper. It shouldn't be as technical and you kind of, you need to get to the point uh, quicker in, mm-hmm. a, in a grant as to what you're trying to achieve. Um, you don't need to do a full long derivation before you get to your point. Um, but I think my kind of main bit of advice is to always have someone else read your work because mm-hmm. that's um, really important. Even if it's just your spouse or someone who doesn't do science, they can always help because it's, it's a pet hate of mine is grammar errors and spelling errors. And yeah, yeah, that, that shows you've not really paid attention to detail. And mm. I think sometimes grants can even get thrown out on that point. Wow, really? Ooh. I guess it all comes down to peer review. Yeah. And if you're not making the right impressions, even yeah. in the first paragraph, then you're not going to be taken yeah, seriously. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you go to a job interview, you present yourself well, so you should be presenting you. yeah, yourself. <laughs> you, should, <laughs> you should be presenting yourself well on the piece of paper by writing well. Say with the, you said to kind of keep it a bit simpler yeah. in the case of who, what type of education or what type of audience should these things be aimed towards? So should my wife, who's working in the medical field, understand my grant in the field of nanomaterials not not like the technical approach part okay but definitely intro definitely your abstract your summary yeah yeah your first page should be understandable to someone who's 
um, not in your field, but has a science background. Okay. I mean, I work with a broad range of people at the moment. Uh, like the School of Engineering is massive and it goes from, you know, bioengineering, which can be more medical, right through to computer science, mechanical engineering. You know, that's quite a broad range of things. So I don't always understand things right to the, you know, the very minute detail, mm -hmm. but I still can get a grasp of what they're trying to achieve in these grants mm. and help them out. One of the ones I wrote, I had a lot of feedback saying that these people didn't understand yep. early on. And I actually just assumed it's because they don't know enough. I guess <laughs> the problem in hindsight, perhaps the problem was with me. Yeah. <laughs> actually, it's, it's <laughs> never with you, Cameron. How it's often does that happen you. where you, you get, hey, Cameron, you're a bright chap. Yeah. I certainly think so. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how often do you come up against that challenge? Yeah, I, I think it happens a lot. Um, I, even I've working at Stanford for the short time, the people that I've worked with who are resubmitting grants, some quite often the reviewers' comments, they seem to have missed the point of what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that is good that, you know, most uh, funding schemes will let you resubmit and you can address those comments. Um, and it, like most grants don't get awarded the first time, the uh, mm. majority of grants, because it is just so competitive out there. Yeah. So quite often we say to our researchers, like especially in the American climate, to, you know, don't expect to be funded the first time. And it is really good to get those reviewers' comments and learn from them. Um, and, and how far out from when a grant's submitted should you start working seriously on it? Like say for a discovery grant or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, so... so uh, Discovery Grant is a three-year, $300,000 Australian dollar type grant. Mm -hmm. hmm. So they, I think the stats are something like if you're the PI on a grant, uh, you typically spent about 116 hours, I think it was, Whoa. on writing that grant. So I think that equates to if you're writing on average 10 to 15 hours a week, I think it's about two months work. Mm. So, but... Um, with a lot of grants, they'll reply, they'll require preliminary data and other things to go into them. So you probably should have been working on it well before that time as well, because if they're asking for preliminary data and you don't so have it, then you're not going to get the grant. Some of the grants I've been on, they've been we've tried to write them within four weeks. That might yeah. that might explain the failure. Yeah, and I think I think as well with things like that, um, <laughs> four weeks probably wouldn't give you time for someone else to go through it thoroughly. You know, yeah. if you for you to do your best, then pass it on to someone else to look over. And I know it's easier said than done in a research environment to find time to write. But um, a good tip that I picked up is to try and set a time every week. Yeah. Um, block that time out. Don't let it be changed. Don't let other things get in the way. And set, spend that time writing so you're doing it regularly um, mm. and you're in that practice so then you're not rushing towards the finish line. Like what Chris does with going to the toilet. <laughs> what? Just block out some time. <laughs> this okay. is my toilet time. <laughs> yeah, do it's, the same uh, for your it's writing. It's been amazing. I, I've got so much extra time now. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that's really that interested me recently is that Australian universities are really interested in getting their successful grant rates up. And yep. that means within even a department, there's some sort of um, gatekeeper to, to the people that can actually put in applications because yeah. what you were saying before is saying, yeah, put it in. We know it's not going to get up. Have a mm -hmm. shot. Get mm -hmm. the feedback. Make it better. Go. Whereas the Australian climate, or at least the, the universities I was in, they're saying you're not good enough to put in a yeah. grant. Don't and even that try. Means, yeah, and that means yeah. then you don't get the feedback that you need to make it good a couple years down the line yeah. or whatever. Like. Um, What's the difference there? Like in the US, it seems much more proactive. Yeah, so I think when you're submitting to um, 
s certain schemes, you, it's just anyone, but we do actually have internal processes at Stanford. Okay. So if um, for some grants, you can only have maybe three from the whole institute go. So there'll be um, an internal application process first and there'll be internal reviewers. So you will actually get some review comments back if you're not accepted onto the next stage. Okay, so it's still making your writing stronger. Yeah. But you're not embarrassing the university. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, then you've got, if you don't get up, you don't get invited to do that full application to the external people, yeah. then you've still got something to build on. You've still got some comments back. You've still got some feedback. And, and who from. in the States uh, are scientists typically applying to? Is it the government? Is it industry? Is it the university itself? I mean, who are the funding bodies? There's a real mixture. So uh -huh. um, the two main are the NSF, uh, which is the National Science Foundation. So that's the equivalent of the ARC here. Okay. And then we have the NIH, which is the National Institute of Health, which, which is, is like NHMRC. A, yeah. And then there's a few other kind of like the Department of Energy that are a bit smaller. We have massive military programs. So you've got uh, DARPA, ONR, oh, yeah. so like the different oh, Navy. So many acronyms. Yeah, You've I know. You've moved countries so many times. <laughs> How do you keep up with them? I don't know. Good memory, maybe. So the other thing that I tell myself um, after I d don't get a grant, after uh, telling myself the other people are, st are stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's common. People, yeah, yeah. Is, is that it's all a, it's mostly a lottery anyway. And it's not the quality of the grant mm. isn't. Yeah isn't necessarily taken into account. There's a lot more luck involved than than perhaps there should be. Mm -hmm. How How's your experience um, for that? Yeah, I can kind of agree with that to a certain extent. I think the current climate is not good for research funding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's a bit of a gamble. If, they've, they've only, if they can only award 10, the top 10% and they've narrowed it down to the top 25% and they're all pretty similar. It's more it, or less, it, it, it's, they're all like... High distinctions or yes, whatever at yeah, that point, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, right. it, it, that can be very difficult and I think it can be a matter of... I mean, there's, certain, there's other things that can come into play there. You know, this like with the NSF, they have this broader impact thing. Maybe then they would look at that more closely and that would help them decide. Yeah. So it's making sure that the whole of your grant is good okay, um, and not just concentrating on the core bit because those other bits could be the, you know, your way over the line. Mm -hmm. um, that the whole grant is good and you know your grammatical errors and those things yeah. you might be like oh it doesn't really matter but that could be the thing that gets you awarded yeah um mm. so yeah i mean it's difficult so your advice is make everything perfect <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I, I, work with me and i'll make it perfect <laughs> yeah, <there> we are. <laughs> well so now that so you've been you've been running grants at a few different places mm -hmm. now is your success rate improving as you get better or more experienced well i can't really say from this year because obviously it takes a while for things to come through so i only started at stanford um, oh. in, <laughs> in april um so we've not really heard back from any of the oh, okay. grants so, there yeah, yet the, the, it's quite but slow the grant that i wrote for bp um that was awarded at six million pounds mm. so that's oh, wow. it's about 10.5 million aussie dollars how much do you see of that well exactly i should <laughs> That's. It was suggested that I should do freelance for a percentage. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, none. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's a win. Absolutely, no, that's so, great. And does it yeah. help to have a big name on the grant? Because you hear that a lot. I mean, it depends. It depends what you're applying for. You know, oh. if it's industry then sometimes it can go in your favour. Sometimes not. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes they might question. Well, why aren't they funding it? You know, mm. if they're such a big company, why are they asking for money from us? So you mm. know, it could go against you as well. 
Mm. It just depends on the grant. And that's where, I don't know so much here, but in the US, they really encourage you to call the funding agencies and speak with them about your ideas to check mm. if it's a match and to check if that's an area that um, they no, might I've fund. I've never heard that, okay. that advice here. That, that's something that's really popular in, okay. in the US. Yeah, and they, they encourage it. Hmm. Mm. So the people who are choosing the grants then, we're talking about a lot about US versus Australia. Uh, so the, the Australian Research Council have a college of experts who are just professors at a university and they, they make the decision. Yeah. Are the funding agencies, are they also using college professors to, to rate their grants or are they uh, have full-time people working to, to do that yeah. step? So these program officers that I speak of. So they will have been professors at universities. So they might be taking a sabbatical and they go and work for the NSF for okay. a year, those kind of things. Or they go and work there temporarily and end up staying. But they are all academics okay. initially. So yeah, it's it's experts. I think the difference with the ARC is maybe that like they it's not a full-time role for a year, is it? You're doing it as well as your academic job? It's on top job? of what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Is that the college yeah. of experts? College of experts. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel, mm-hmm. now you talk about this in front of loads of people. Do you have a slide with top tips? Um, Are you yeah. able to give us a top tip rundown? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think so. How many? Go. How as many as you want. <laughs> make it perfect. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, make it perfect. There we go. All right. Uh, definitely um, get someone else to read your grant. I think that would be my first top tip. Yeah. Obviously, you've got to write it first. I would definitely, <laughs> anything yeah. with a spelling mistake, I would just throw away yeah. straight away. Yeah. yeah okay. And it's not even just about spelling. It's making sure that there's clarity in what you're reading, that it's concise, you're not repeating yourself. You know, it's not waffly. Yeah. And don't They're start two weeks things. before it's due. Yeah. So that would be a next point. Give yourself plenty of time there you go. to write it. That was something, like I asked something about that. <laughs> yeah. And I would yeah, also but, say... Yeah. So but Rachel said 115 hours, so there are 115 hours in two weeks. You so just need to work continuously <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah. All right, so just yeah. don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would be quality work. <laughs> um, I would also say before you start writing, do start with an outline. Don't just start blindly writing and think about, you know, you've mm. got a page limit, how many pages you want for each section and really section it up, um, read your guidelines and make sure that your sections match what they're asking for. Um, and I think pictures speak a thousand words. I know it's a cheesy mm. thing, mm-hmm. but having good diagrams, good images really helps, um, you know, for a reviewer who's got to read a load of these grants, yeah. you know, they've got to have something that really guides them through. So headings help, pictures help and the layout as well. Don't cr- just cram as many words in as you can try and, you know, leave some white space on there because yeah. I think it's quite, yeah, there's nothing it, more annoying than just trying to read text, text, text. There was a grant we were working on together. I can't remember what it was, but I, f- I was like, yeah, there's a box. It's only little, so I'll make the text a little bit smaller and yeah. I'll cram, cram, cram. And then someone come along and just was like, double space. All right, make it fit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and it was that. And I remember having a conversation with you, Chris, about it and saying, oh, okay, well, that makes much more sense. Because yeah. actually the... It's weird to say, but the page looked friendly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And Mm. it's a comment from a lot of reviewers, you know, when are they reviewing? Not when they're in the best of moods, probably late at night, just trying to get through things. So you need to make it as easy as possible for the reviewer to get through your grant and to want to get through it as well. Mm. I think, yeah, it's a bit of a hangover from the days when when people used to cram as much text. Yeah. Yeah. That used to be the standard way because I've written grants with a couple of people Mm -hmm. and they're like, we need to make the, you know, the... 
uh, as much text as possible, make the borders as small as possible and just cram and cram and Mm -hmm, cram. mm -hmm. And then the successful ones, a couple of the successful ones I've looked at, Look nothing like that. Yeah, They're exactly. spaced out loads. Yeah. Mm. And things like don't be afraid to use bold or a different, a different color if you want something to stand out. Ooh. There's something we always do. <laughs> oh, we've got that yeah. excitement you give us. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> color. And it sounds silly, but yeah. it just really highlights things. And like in, in your first page, if you've got the aim, you know, bold it so that they know that that's what you're trying to achieve. Mm. Mm. I did that. It didn't work. Oh. <laughs> I mean, maybe not just on its own. Right? <laughs> And then just lose oh, yeah. photocopies of your face or your sporting <laughs> certificate. Did you make the whole thing bold? Should have. Maybe that would have worked. <laughs> That's good advice. Very good advice. Very good mm-hmm. advice. Break, mm-hmm. it, break it up a little bit. So, And also then if they're just going to read, it draws their eyes then to that part yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. And what resources are there for our listeners? Um, Stanford uh, Uni. Yeah, I'm just trying to think whether any of Stanford stuff's available externally. I'd have yeah. to check that one. Just leak it. Um, WikiLeak it. <laughs> WikiLeaks. Oh, Andy but leaks. There are, <laughs> there are people working in these areas. And I think if you just Google, you can often find videos of people yeah. talking. And mm. I know that... Um, one of the Nobel laureates at um, Stanford did. Ooh, yeah. One of them. Oh, just one. There are many. There are many. There was loads at Cambridge when I was there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, there's loads no of important cares, stuff. Yeah. There were Rachel none continue. at Swansea. <laughs> we discussed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good on you. But yeah, he did a talk and basically after he got his Nobel laureate, he wasn't awarded um, the grant and oh. he could just kind of expected that he would be had the reputation mm. you know the gratis um and so then he really went back to the beginning to the fundamentals and rethought the whole grant writing process and he does if you can find it there's a really good talk that he gives that's yeah. michael levitt okay uh, excellent fantastic but, yeah, yeah we could link it if we can find it between now and when yeah I'll see, I'll see everyone it, yeah. says we yeah, i <laughs> will link it i'll do everything <laughs> i will link thank it. you andy you're the mm. best Gib. i like making but i'm sure good. every university has a research services office yeah Yes. Even if uh, no, uh, people scary. listening don't actually know. <laughs> they're scary. Uh, would they be happy to talk with the people interested I mean, in writing grants? I think it varies from university to university as to what resources you have. But I do know that places are trying to get more progressive and more support for researchers and they're getting more people like myself to assist with grants. And if not, just send you an email. Yeah, I'm quite happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Oh, oh, oh. oh expect four, four emails from all of our listeners. <laughs> for a fee. I don't work for free. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Our next section is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. And this week, the activity, especially for Gibbo, because I'm sure he does it every day, yes. is bad driving. Yeah, well, he drove you here. No, he's a very, very good driver, actually. You're incredibly safe. Very safe. Very yeah. safe. I have kids in my car sometimes, so I do not go over the speed limit. And I indicate, I check mirrors, I do all that stuff. I you drive. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you, yeah. Have you been described as a good, bad or otherwise driver? I think I'm in the middle. Yeah, in between. Oh, you scare yeah. some you're people. Driver. You're a yeah, driver. I'm a driver. Mm. Yeah, I don't need the good or bad. That's enough. Oh, I bet, can't remember, I bet you're like, oh, I'm the best driver. I use all the right gears all the time. <laughs> <laughs> First one and the second one and Mostly. maybe even the third one. Uh, I've never been responsible for an accident. That's a... That's pretty and, good. I've uh, been That's driving for more than 10 years. That's very good. Very good. Yeah. So, I'm going to ram into your car <laughs> and blame you. You ever been any anyone been responsible for accidents? Correct. 
Yeah. 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 Maybe oh, yeah. I am a you <laughs> Share the story. Um, very young, very quickly. I was 17. There was a timing issue. This is my story with uh-huh. the traffic lights, which means I caught, I left when it was still changing from red to to green because in the uk oh god this is so boring (laughs) in the uk the traffic lights go red red amber together Uh and then green so it's like stop get ready go whereas here they just and i think in the states they just go 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 like Mm -hmm. that's it that's all you that's all you get so um so yeah so i went when it was still like get ready and i went out and I got T-boned by a taxi who went through Amber on his side. So you exactly both, the same. You both we went both through went, Amber. Yeah, we oh, both okay. went through Amber. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we, was that covered by insurance for you? I think so, yeah. Mum and dad. Mum and dad time. Exactly. Mum and dad. Oh, God, to go back to those days. <laughs> <laughs> Mum and dad have crashed the car. I think it's my fault. Anyway, you're paying for it. Bye. <laughs> Don't give me shit about it. Just pay it. Yeah. yeah. Shut right. up. Yeah. Don't ask any yeah. questions. Yeah. <laughs> No, mine right. was very similar, but yeah, okay. not traffic lights. It was like a giveaway sign and I pulled out too soon and a taxi driver hit me. Yeah. But I well, wasn't so shrugging my shoulders. I was crying my eyes out. And, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, no, I was a mess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm all brave now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> was that in the UK? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Dangerous place. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, mean I, I, did, I did go through... Uh, a camera got me at 10 k's over the speed limit. Oh, yeah. When I was, Rebel. Uh, have G- I told this story before? Gibbo's funny, one of the first oh, Gibbo's funny stories. One of Gibbo's funny stories, yeah. yeah. A Bohemian Rhapsody was on the radio <laughs> and I lost control of the car and went too, were too fast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? I, ha- I have been caught uh, with traffic infringements before, yeah. but I haven't caught Traffic infringements. <laughs> That's the words. Very good. Oh, traffic yeah. infringement. What does that, that just, it's a, Fancy word for I like a I've fine. Been fine for yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Very good. Uh, very good. All right. Who wants to go first? Oh, everyone looked at me. Well, uh, so normally we <laughs> offer yeah, it open, yeah, but, you, but you don't have to go first. I'm <laughs> um, no happy to. All right. So the yeah bad driver. I just thought the easiest way to solve this would be to remove the drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so turn to AI and things already exist for this. So, you know, don't yeah. want to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Well, you're from but Silicon Valley. Yeah, you, exactly. You must be, it must be more common for an autonomous vehicle. Yeah, so this is where it came from. The, the driverless cars that um, Google have, you actually see them around the streets. Uh, oh, shit, really? Yeah, yeah. Do yeah, people shit themselves them. when they see it? Well, they're quite strange anyway. They're quite small and electric. Right. But is, so it they like stand a, out. is it like a Terminator at the wheel with like a, <laughs> well, a red this, eye I think still and this, like <laughs> no, metal arms That would be quite stuff. cool, but... <laughs> No, there's no one there. Um, oh. There's usually a person in there because I think they're still trialing. I don't, I don't know if they've done any without any people in yet. Or it's just um, people sitting in the back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they must have a brake pedal or something wherever they're. I don't. I don't know. I think that's a name. Just to try and get myself into one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, just someone screaming out of fear the entire trip. And the first time you saw one, did you did you notice it straight away, or did you think, oh, that driver's leaning over a long way to pick, up, <laughs> to pick something up? I think more. It was just a weird shaped car, and uh, it was like, what, yeah. what is that? Um, and it was only later someone pointed out, but also because in America they drive on the other side of the road, it wasn't d- didn't oh, necessarily yeah. kind of looking at the yeah, wrong yeah, spot anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that's really the best possible uh, answer <laughs> yeah. to get rid yeah. of all bad drivers. Ours are way worse than that. Get rid of the <laughs> yeah. get rid of the ape. Get rid of the human. That's right. Yeah, I agree. So, what do you think an autonomous vehicle should do? Say it's got a passenger in it, mm-hmm. and but for some reason there's a group of school children directly in front of it, and it's on a bridge. So should it choose to drive its owner off the bridge or should it choose to run over the school children? Oh, I don't know. 
That's that's an ethical quandary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The driver spare the children. Yeah. Oh, well, one person versus yeah. ten. Yeah. Needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the yeah. one. Mm-hmm. That's from Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Gibber. What? If, all right. What? What happens if? The car wants to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do then? I think there's a challenge there, yeah. Yeah. Um, what if what if it just decides to like arm itself with guns and stuff? I, I don't quite know how that would happen. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think they have ways to like attach. <laughs> the one thing I like about you, Rachel, you're a straight talker. Gibber yeah. doesn't get yeah. that much in his life. He gets pounded to a lot. Yeah, I've seen so. a lot of movies where where if a machine's smart enough, even if it doesn't have arms or legs, it can like find guns and stuff. Yeah. It, you yeah. watch too many movies. Yeah. Well, I imagine the car would run out of power like after a day. Maybe it's solar yeah. powered. Ah. It's uh, sunny nighttime. in California. Yeah. <laughs> Moonlight. We're <laughs> just playing word association now. <laughs> Stars. Road. Werewolves. <laughs> Dildos. <laughs> Andy, Andy Stapleton word association always finishes with dildos. <laughs> Correct. Very good. Anyway, I like that. Well, yep. I'd like to go next, actually. Oh, if that's no, okay, you're going to steal mine. You, you went first last time. No, I, we talked about it today. He's determined not to steal yours. All right, go on there. Well, you you're going to steal mine. You're going to steal mine. That's how I remember the conversation. <laughs> Remember that happening? I make things up oh, all the time. And you can get mine. Mine uh, uh, does involve driverless vehicles. All right, as well. you go for it then. Uh, that's why. So, um, I think that that's a great idea, uh, Rachel. Thank you for bringing it up. And I want to make that happen. <gasps> so I want it's my goal happened. is to legislate such that bad driving uh, goes away by having driverless cars. So if you if you're found to be a bad driver, you must buy an autonomous vehicle. No. Oh. I want to make Wrong. driving so difficult that people will choose <laughs> <laughs> people will choose either public transport or autonomous vehicles. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to legislate changes to vehicles such that driving by a person is so difficult that they won't want to drive anymore. Yes. You mean like massive steering wheels and things like that or what? Well, or the brake pedal's too far from the seat? Name a thing that makes it hard to drive. Oh. Uh the no mirrors no yeah, yeah exactly so no uh, tires all all mirrors are, are removed from cars there mm-hmm. is illegal to have a mirror on the car can i people are going to be cutting everyone off left right and center Ooh. you can't reverse anymore uh, you're going to get a sore neck by having to turn around. Yeah. Can I suggest that instead of removing the mirrors, they're replaced with a fake mirror that shows there's nothing in your mirrors? In yes. Your... Yes, that's exactly what's happening. It's yeah, a, right. It's a video feed of just empty, empty rows. Rows. So everyone's just <laughs> swerving into each other. Yeah, that's now a rule. Oh, yes. Love it. Love for it. your car. Yeah. What, a, what about drunk driving? That's a bit difficult, isn't it? <laughs> so everyone yes. has to be drunk. <laughs> Yes. Every time I've so, been okay. drunk driving, I've always you made know, it quite difficult. People who have been uh, done with a DUI, they need to blow into a, a thing to make yeah. sure that they're so to show that they have zero alcohol. Yeah. Opposite. Everyone has to blow into a thing to show that they have at least zero point uh, zero five. Was a high number? Zero point yeah, yeah. zero five. Yeah. Point two. Point two. Yeah. I Point think you're nearly dead. Regular yeah. Gibbo uh, blood alcohol level. I've, I've so that's that now mandatory pub, not in the. Police station. Mandatory in all vehicles that you want to drive yourself. Yeah. You must be above a certain blood alcohol limit. Oh, God. And perhaps not pass a drug test either. So you'd have to smoke some weed and take some meth. Yep. So there's a little uh, um, swab uh, swab thing and yep. you've got to f- uh, 
fail slash pass that swab test <laughs> yeah. before your car will start. Perfect. Bizarro uh, fail. Yeah, what else yeah. uh, exemplifies a bad driver? Well, I lo- there's loads of people that can't drive sticks or yep. manual cars. Yeah, yeah. So every car's now a stick. But also maybe with like a number of sticks. Like essentially <laughs> to get into first gear, you need to solve essentially a stick puzzle. Yeah. Or, or actually my stick is going to be so heavy you actually need to use two hands to, oh. to change it. <laughs> Not indicating. So, Not indicating. Yeah. Indicators are gone. You know, you're not allowed to have an indicator in your car anymore. Or you okay. could just have them on all the time. Oh. Just flicking oh. constantly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually yeah. randomly just turning <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, when traffic yeah. lights are out, that's really, really annoying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, but traffic lights are still important for public transport and autonomous vehicles. But there's going to be a little thing in your windshield that just blocks out traffic lights. so so they exist but you can't see them exactly yeah Yeah. okay and so with all of these things in legislation no one's going to want to drive anymore Mm yeah and then everyone will move towards public transport autonomous vehicles and then we'll get rid of bad driving nice i love Mm. it that there could be a black market for safe vehicles (laughs) wouldn't that be a nice world to live in where the black market is help well Kind of helping people. A good thing. Yeah, instead yeah. of stealing yeah. people's kidneys and stuff. Yeah. We're on to you, black market. Yeah. We're, we're, as a podcast, we are against the black market stealing and selling of kidneys. We've always been like that. Kidneys we've, always, okay yeah. we've never voiced it, but we've <laughs> always believed in it. It's the stealing of bladders I take real exception to. <laughs> we- <laughs> Very good. All Excellent. Right. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Well Thank done. you. Thank well you. Done. Interesting. 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 All right. So when I... <sighs> Hold on, does this involve 100 cars? Do you know what, Gibbo? Andy, what? You know what? 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 Do you know what bad driving is? Do you know what bad driving is? It's it's driving that's dangerous. Incorrect. It's when driving becomes bad for you. Mm. All right? So, I found a study that says that if you drive for more than two hours a day... Ready? Here's some stats. Okay. Some peapot stats. Real science. Real science stats. You are 78% more likely to be a roly-poly. What was roly-poly? I mean, obese. Oh, they didn't okay. say they didn't say roly poly in the in the paper. So if I you drive that. more than two hours a day, you're likely to be obese. Correct. O- overweight or obese? Obese. Okay. Yeah, not just a bit podge. Uh, you are 86% more likely to sleep poorly. So that's less than seven hours a night. Okay. You are 33% more likely to report feeling psychologically distressed. Wow. Oh, wow. Mm. Holy shit. And 43% more likely to say uh, that your quality of life is poor. Okay. So driving for more than two hours is bad. So that to me is bad driving. All right. Because it's it's bad for you. It's bad for your health. Exactly. It's it's Ah. driving that has resulted in bad outcomes. You're looking at it in a slightly different angle. I'm a trickster. (laughs) Yeah, very good. Very good. So what I want to do is find out where those limits are. What turns good driving, i.e. driving so that, you know, we all like driving because it gets us places without having to get sweaty. That's my favourite part about right. driving. I sometimes get sweaty when I drive. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm a, pretty sure I sweated on the way here. You do understand this isn't like therapy, <laughs> don't you? You can't withhold on things. There's no court order for you to tell us these things. Um, but thanks for... Yeah, thanks. Thanks That's for right. letting us know. Um, 
Damn you. We like driving because we get to look cool in the car. Not in my car. Yeah. I have a Subaru Forester. Don't say yeah. Yeah. Of course I look cool in my car. I was just saying like potentially uh, I don't. Your partner's Barina. Toyota Yaris. (laughs) (laughs) Your partner's Toyota Yaris. (laughs) Not even mine. It's like like an Audi TT or something. Like my hairdresser's car. Um, I did have uh, a Citroen Berlingo, which uh, sadly passed on. But um, that was cool. any, Any listener who knows what a Berlingo is... Uh, you win a prize. Yeah. It's the kind of car that um, florists own, isn't it? So I'm going to find out where good driving becomes bad driving by forcing one person to drive until they die. Not 100 people. Right? Because that's going to give me my ultimate limit. (laughs) Right? I'm pushing them. So just I put them in the car with an infinite-sized... Fuel up, or they just fuel up, but they just dr- yeah. just be like, go. So, what are solar they? Power. Hold on. So, so do they? <laughs> so what? they fall asleep at some what does, point. Yeah. Well, what, what, that's, what's like, going to kill them? What's going to kill them? <laughs> that's the question. Because that's right. going to be the ultimate limit of bad driving. Yeah. They, do they have? Is it like speed rules? So they have to remain above yeah. fifty kilometers no, per no, hour. No, no. They just have to be actively driving. So okay. you can be stopped at traffic lights. They could find the longest traffic lights in the city and have yeah. micro naps, uh-huh. but they they have to keep actively driving, abide by all the rules, no pulling over. Can they stop in the Macca's and get food and things uh, like that? Only if the yeah, as part of normal driving, they're not okay. allowed to be like, "I'm going to have a little sleep while you do my order." Yeah. You know, like they just got to keep anyway. So that's going to be number one. <laughs> And then Death I, by driving. I, I don't know how long that's going to take. That's a serious question. Yeah, yeah. It could take I don't a while. Know. I don't know. But then, what do you compare it to? What's your control? Well, that's someone just sat stationary. How long it takes for them to die? <laughs> 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 then we've got the extremes, right? right. <laughs> now, somewhere in the middle, <laughs> a nice living person and turns into a dead person. <laughs> Yeah. And we got to find where that point is. Uh-huh. All right. So we're killing someone. We're killing then, two people, you mean? Yeah. No, no. The, oh, yeah. Well, that one, that, I mean, Maybe. they're going to last forever. Yeah. I mean, they're going to last like their 90 because they can just sit around. But if they're sitting there, they they'll, they'll get bed sores and all sorts of things. Yeah, they're just living their life, but just stationary. They're basically confined to a chair. <laughs> <laughs> they can get up and walk around the yeah. chair. So they're in a. Oh, so they're just, they're just, they can, they can live. They so can just live a normal life. life. No, no, they're they can in, live. They can walk around so the chair. They're in a jail. <laughs> they're in a jail cell. Uh, yeah, let's call it a jail. Yeah, you'll call it a science cell or a control cell. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we got those two people. Those two people. All right, so we killed the person that's been driving. Obviously, yeah. that's far too long. Yeah. All right, so we knock it back 10%. And we say, and then because we assume that they'll live because the other person died, then we have to take their blood pressure, their blah, blah, all the vitals and be like, how bad is that for you? You're going to need to work with clones as well because you don't want to have too much differentiation. No, no, we're just going to we just keep different people. Gibbo clones, nothing no, like that. No, no gibbo clones, no, because they're. I mean, like their life expectancy is quite short anyway. Yeah. Well, so whoa, whoa. I don't. <laughs> the one sitting down is probably the biggest danger. <laughs> I, I, actually, I sit down and I drive. I need oh. both those things. Fucking hell! Yeah, I haven't got long to go. No, you don't. You don't. But um, you are also the safest driver in the world. So that, that yeah, that but one, if he was driving continuously, as well, you? yes. If he was driving continuously, there'd be a moment where he couldn't check all his mirrors. I, I be- purposely went the wrong way once when, when I drove Cameron home from here to Flinders. Yeah, and he really got upset. 
Purposely. Purposely. Back to you, Andy. Back to your death by car. 10% off, 10% off. And I'm going to do that until this person, like, until we get to a point where the person goes, oh, I feel all right. Right? Okay. So he's no weird heart rate, no weird obesity, nothing (laughs) that's actually different from or from the person yeah. that was stationary and that's where i'm going to draw the line on bad driving whoa well Boom. there you go there so you, you go. think that these people are getting obese because they're driving or because of their lifestyle around the fact that they're driving oi mate right here <laughs> in the numbers 78 percent are more likely to be obese oh so, that means 22 percent are fine yeah, so I got to, well, yeah, I got to find where that, you know, all of these little mixed in things, where is it just not an issue for your health? Okay, okay, okay. Wow. That was, that was, yeah. that was pedestrian. Thanks, Gil. Yeah, it's a driving joke. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's two, two of your jokes you've had to explain today. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I've lost my place here on my bits of paper. All right. I kind of interpreted this a little differently to all you guys. Because I actually am trying to maximise the bad driving. Good. Oh. Now, you'd think that was easy, making someone a bad driver. Yeah. But that's not exactly what I'm doing. So I'm taking a normal person Ooh. and I'm making them a bad driver without saying to them, like, just plough into a, a, a group of people. Like, <laughs> Why are you saying that to them? <laughs> because that would be bad driving. It would be really bad. But yeah, So they're going to be a bad driver just doing normal driving. A bad driver doing normal driving. So I'm going to optimize their bad driving. Okay. So there's actually a bit of overlap with what Schmoopy had. So in this, what I'm doing is when they're being taught how to drive, they're going to be in a simulator, for example, and they're going to be taught everything that's wrong. Oh, so they, going to be, they don't know how to drive before they They don't start? know how to drive before and they're going to be told you need to drink. You need to take drugs. Mm-hmm. You need to do all these things because those things improve driving. This is sounding great already. You don't need to use your indicators. This is a waste of space. Yep. All the glass surfaces are lensed so that things look a lot further away than they actually are. <laughs> yeah. So that you're much more likely to have an accident. Yeah. No wing mirrors. Yeah. Um, and we're going to use something called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Ooh. Oh, I've mm. heard this before. In the field What's of this? psychology, the Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias wherein people of low ability suffer from illusory superiority. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mistakenly mm. assessing their cognitive ability as greater than it is. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't suffer from that at all. People are pointing at me. So while we're showing them all these things that are incorrect to do while driving, we're giving them lots of positive reinforcement. So, that, so it's a bit of a um, Truman Show thing. You know that one where there's a whole mass of people... All, it's a TV one show, person. one guy. So yep. we're all in on this. It's every time they do something horrendous when they're practicing driving, we're like, well done, mate. That's what you do. You've done it again. Well done. You've done it again. You wiped out a whole primary school. You've done the best driving that's ever been. And we're going to do that continually <laughs> until they get behind the wheel of the car and they're out on the road. Perfect. And then they will be one of the worst drivers in the history of mankind. Humankind. Let me change that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and that's it. Boom, done. Oh, great. God, Gibbo. Yeah, mm. that's Short, to the sweet, point. To the point. You got a positive control, negative control in there. Not going to bother. Just going to happen to one person. Just one person. What do you, What do you think will, will happen? Uh, well, I'd say they get on the road and 
even before they've travelled more than three or four metres, they'll probably have an accident. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> you're like, yeah, our job is, our is done. No, actually, Hours in the simulator. That's actually, that. no, that's wrong. What I should be doing is to maximise the bad driving, they should be just bad enough that they can continue on the road for a substantial amount of time causing a lot of accidents. Mm -hmm. So having an accident straight away would not be the best the best optimum way to produce bad driving because bad driving should should be bad not just for the person behind the wheel but everyone on the road. Yeah. Thank you Cameron, you've improved my science this. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Peer Thank reviewed. You. Thank you. You know, I listened to an episode of Revisionist History. It's another podcast <gasps> what? by Malcolm Gladwell. How dare you listen to another podcast? And, uh, <laughs> he investigated there was this spate of car accidents where people thought that their brake stopped working, mostly Ooh, okay. in Toyota cars. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they did a massive recall on a few things related to it, but it turns out that they don't have any data, and but they couldn't actually confirm that the brake pedal ever actually stopped working. And it turns out the most likely thing is they, they were touching their accelerator and they thinking it was thinking it was the the brake yeah and then that's caused a whole bunch of crashes Shit. and so if you're ever in a situation where you think your brake pedal's not working take your feet completely away from the pedals yeah and then go and then start again cameron you could have just saved someone's life i hope so good advice peepop saves lives i've always said that <laughs> always all right and he's going to cut that little yeah, bit of factual gone. information out. Yeah. <laughs> Not the last bit. That was funny what I just said. Don't cut that bit. Like, cut, all cut, that cut, dross cut, up beforehand cut, cut, was cut. worth it. Can you explain that joke for me? Which one? The People one save that, lives. Is that is that funny, is it? That is funny. <laughs> Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Boysrom. Go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app. Like the Facebook page, join in the forum. Anyman.net. Anyman.net. Andymatter.net. Buy our mugs. And the most important thing for us is leave <laughs> us a review on wherever you get this podcast. Rachel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thanks Thank a lot. you. It's Thank you, Rachel. Time. Grant Queen, can we dub you that? I would like that title Ooh. very much. <laughs> Grant Writing Queen. Thank you. Boom. Cameron. <laughs> you were just listening to Published Perishable Podcast, and it was brought to you this week by our future sponsor. The Tonsley Hotel. Oh. <laughs> come on a Friday, see Gibbo uh, break dance. Uh, yep, yep, come along, come along. His back sweat probably still on the floor. Yep, yep. <laughs> I like to, is, is it called poppin'? Poppin' and crackin'? I do yeah. some of that. Yeah. I believe you were twerking at one point. Uh, what's that one? Is that where I shake my bum? Correct. Yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, final farewells. Goodbye from Gibbo. Goodbye. <gasps> that was a different language. <laughs> and farewell. <laughs> that was Thanks, Robin Hood. <laughs>